Would you like to have access to a tool that works with the power of your unconscious mind? That means you no longer have to rely on willpower to create the change in your life that you want to change. Sounds amazing, right? It is. And I can teach you how to do this through my one-day self-hypnosis masterclass. When you use the power of hypnosis, which is essentially giving suggestions to your unconscious mind while in a state of trance, and your mind already knows how to go into trance because we are actually in trance 90% of our day. It's just with hypnosis, we're giving our mind these suggestions of what it is that we want to achieve. You can hypnotize yourself into better health, into joy, into passion, into getting to the gym, eating better, living a healthier lifestyle, whatever it is that you're wanting to achieve that until now you've been relying on willpower and perhaps falling off, we can make this happen quickly. We can make it last and we can make it easy because we're using the power of your unconscious mind. So if you'd like to learn more, Click on the link at the bottom of the show notes to my link tree. Go to the one day self-hypnosis masterclass. All the information's there. It is a super low cost price for this one day session that is super fun. Loads of interaction and practice for you. And you will have this knowledge and this skill for the rest of your life. You are worth it and you will love it. Imagine getting up every day full of energy as if you were in your 20s again. What would that be like? What would that be worth to you? What is your health worth to you? Think about it. Your health isn't everything, but without it, everything else is nothing. And yet too many of us are taking it for granted until something goes wrong. No one wakes up hoping to be diagnosed with a disease or chronic illness. And yet we've never been taught how to be proactive in our health through our school system or public health. As a registered health coach and integrative health practitioner, I believe it is time this information is made available to everyone. Combining new knowledge around your health and the ability to do my functional medicine lab tests in the comfort of your own home will allow you to optimize your health for today and all your tomorrows. Don't wait for your wake up call. Welcome back to another episode of the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. My name is Melissa Dealey, and I am here with you today with Kathleen Trotter. Welcome, Kathleen. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here, too. And let me just introduce you to the audience. Kathleen is a fitness expert, media personality, personal trainer, writer, and author of Finding Your Fit, a compassionate trainer's guide to making fitness a lifelong habit and your fittest future self. Making choices today for a happier, healthier, fitter future you. Kathleen has been a personal trainer and fitness expert for almost 20 years. So all of my regular listeners already know exactly why you're here on the show. We talk the same talk. We talk about the importance of prioritizing ourselves today for the benefit of our future self, because what we do today matters. Absolutely. But before we dive into that, I'd love to hear about your backstory and how you got into this and how it's driven your passion. Yeah. So I love this topic in part because health and wellness changed my life. So I often talk about sort of old Kathleen and new Kathleen, although 
have to admit that my therapist is always telling me that that's not helpful, that it's all just one Kathleen and you like learned and, you know, learned from all of it. Um, but up until I was maybe 17 or 18, I really, I didn't like being Kathleen. I think it's the simplest way to put it. I'm six feet tall. And when I was younger, I felt really awkward in my body and I would sort of do anything to not be present, um, including eat all of my feelings uh, stay home for multiple weeks of school, hiding under the covers. I lied to get out of gym class. I just, I felt very, very uncomfortable. Um, and I, you know, I lived that, that very familiar shame cycle that, that so many of us know, which is, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're like, today is going to be different. I'm going to be, I'm going to lose 20 pounds all in one day and I'm going to eat no sugar. And I'm going to, you know, like I'm going to be a whole new person. Um, and then, of course, that's just not possible. I set myself up for failure each time. And then I would have one little bit of sugar or do something or feel really crappy. And then I would, you know, I call it um, pouring all the mustard, meaning like, you know, you get a little bit of mustard on your shirt. You know, normally you would be like, OK, well, I'm going to clean off the mustard. But when you're in a health spiral, it's like, oh, I got a little bit of mustard on my shirt. I ate that little bit of sugar. I'm going to pour all of the mustard on on me and bathe in the mustard and eat 17 more cookies. And it's that spiraling. Um and I did that. And then I felt like crap. And then I would start it over again and I'd go to bed and wake up. And so I've been there and I've experienced that. Um, and eventually what my mom said to me was, my mom's amazing. She's a single mom and she was worried about me and she'd done everything, right? Like she tried to get me into ballet and she tried to get me into softball and all the things that sort of quote unquote normal, you know, kids would do. And, and every single time I would go and I would hate it. And so finally what she said to me is like, okay, Kathleen, being active has to be a non-negotiable, but how you're active is up to you. Like we have to figure out a solution. That's really, honestly, my biggest thing that I say all my clients, right? Like being active, you have to do it. There's, there's no negotiation, but that doesn't mean you have to do it in the way that anybody else does it. Like you have to find what works for you. You cannot try to fit a square peg into a round hole. So she said, you have always been so much more comfortable with people over like 40. You don't like people your own age, but you've always been comfortable with adults. So we're going to get you a membership to the YMCA and the demographic is like over 40 and like under five. And you're going to go and she's like, you're going to walk on the treadmill for 10 minutes. And that's what started it. I started walking for 10 minutes and then I did 20 minutes and then 30 and I did some strength training. And then I started taking aerobics classes and then they are like, you should teach aerobics classes. Um, I always thought I'd be a lawyer, but I was like, okay, well, I'll go to kinesiology for my undergrad and then I'll go to law school. And then I liked kin so much that I, then I ended up in a master's program for exercise science and um, so it was a spiral, but in the positive direction. And that's what I try to really teach all my clients. Like I've been there. I've been in that shame spiral. I've been in that place where you're like, you have the little bit of sugar and you, then you're like, okay, who cares? That effort moment of like, I'm just going to go. I had the one cookie. I'm going to have 17. I poured all the mustard. I've already ruined it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? I've been there and I felt like crap. Um, and then I had this wonderful mother who said, okay, we have to find a solution. Um, and that's now my motto for all my clients, right? It's like, you do not have to be great to start, but you have to start to get great. You can start with a five minute walk. It doesn't have to be half an hour. You can start with a five minutes of dancing around your living room. Like all that matters is that you find something that you will do consistently. Um, and, and then you just keep going and you never know where the journey is going to take you, right? Like that's, what my journey showed me is like, I started with literally 10 minutes of slow walking on the treadmill. And so many clients come in the door and they say, well, I can't just walk for 10 minutes. That's not enough. I'm like, well, maybe it's not enough. If that's still what you're doing in 20 years. But for right now, it's way better than what you're doing now. So you have to meet yourself where you are and you have to 
let go of that like comparison of like, well, this person is doing this. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Stop shooting all over yourself, figure out what you can do, be kind to yourself and do it. Um, so that's, that's, that. that's, that's my journey. I love <laughs> your journey and I love what you learned out of it and yay for, you know, your mom for giving yay you- for moms. Eh? Oh yay for God. moms. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I just written a chapter in a book and I dedicated it to my mom. And because when I was six years old, she told me you can grow up and be anything that you want to be. Like how empowering is that compared to what some of my clients come to me with what they were told by their parents. Right. So it's really nice when we can honor some of the wisdom from our moms. So I want to honor your mother's wisdom in telling you that movement is non-negotiable, which is a hundred percent true. Our bodies were made to move, right? We were meant to move. And so many good things happen for our mood and our confidence and our energy. Like it only positive spirals from that movement. Yes, um, but you don't have to move in the way that anybody else does. And it yes. doesn't have to be this game of, well, the best workout is this. And if I'm not doing the best, then I'll do nothing. Because honestly, the benefits of the best anything are moot if you can't actually make yourself do that, right? Well, and so, I think you know, we fall into that trap as humans so many times of we want to do the best. Like we're trying to maybe find the shortcut, but the yes. shortcut doesn't actually work when we don't stop to realize that we are each unique individuals. It's the same with dieting. What's the best diet? And then all of a sudden everybody's over here doing this diet without realizing the long-term effects of being on that diet for too long. Right. And instead understanding that our microbiomes are completely individual and therefore the way we eat is completely individual. It's the same for our body and our movement. Right. Absolutely. Yes. We're all all find something. Yeah. Yeah. We enjoy yeah, well, and James Clear, um, he's the author of Atomic Habits, yeah. who I love. I love He has this phrase, and he says, you have to standardize before you can optimize. So I think what you're saying is true, that we all are individual, and therefore the program that we do will be individual. But I think on top of that, it's just important to know that even for you, whatever is optimal for your body, it, that doesn't mean you have to You start with optimal. You start with right. standardizing, yes. yet you move. And then you can optimize as you go. But if you don't standardize, you have nothing to optimize. So I think 100% like, yes, we try to do things that are better for other people's bodies, but we also skip that stage of making moving a habit, letting the tissues, both your physical, like your tissues and your mind get used to what it means to move. Um, And if you don't walk for 10 minutes, you can't walk for 30. And if you don't walk for 30, you can't walk for an hour. And if you don't walk for an hour, you can't do intervals and it all builds. Yes. You have to meet yourself where you are. And I think, um, I don't know if you know, in education, there's this idea of the zone of proximal development. And I use that a lot with clients, right? If you are in grade one math and a teacher gives you grade 10 math and you fail, that's not your problem. That's the teacher's problem because that is way too big of a step from grade one yes. to grade 10. Yes. So many of us give, we give ourselves grade 10 math when we're in grade one. And then we feel like we failed. Yes. When all we have done is ask ourselves to do something that is outside of our zone of proximal development. So if you are in grade one math, ace grade one math, maybe aim to start a little bit of grade two, then get to grade two and then ace grade two. Like you have to progress through fitness. You cannot run a marathon before you have learned how to run, you know, one kilometer, two kilometers, three kilometers. And if you skip those zones of proximal development, you're going to injure yourself physically, but emotionally you are going to feel like crap because you're yourself to do something that is not within your zone of development 
So right. it, it, and then you beat yourself up because you failed. Uh, yes. Exactly. It's like what I did for years in that first half of my life, that old Kathleen, I was like, oh, well, you know, I have to lose 20 pounds and it has to have done yesterday. And like, that's, you know, and I have to be a good runner and I have to be this and I have to be that. I was like, well, all of that was, was outside of the zone of what was possible for me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and listen, if my 15 year old self could see all the things I've done today, she would be like, what? Like I've run marathons. I've done Ironmans. I've like, I've done so many things, which is wonderful, but I couldn't have done them when I was 15. I had to work through my yes. zones of, of, of development in order to get there. Yes. hundred percent. And I also like what you said, you know, the client comes in and you say, walk for 10 minutes and like, oh, well, that's not long enough because they have these expectations of themselves. Yeah. And so often we do try to take on too much or we think that more is better. You know, that happens too with intermittent fasting. People think, oh, intermittent fasting is good. So if I intermittent fast for 20 hours a day, that's even better, which it isn't yeah. because it starts to mess with hormones and all sorts of totally, other Totally, especially if you're female. Absolutely, yeah. Exactly. I will say to it's my the client, same thing like, with yeah, try, totally. how many times do people, January 1st, I'm going to work out, I'm going to go to the gym and then they go and do an hour long workout and they haven't done anything for yeah. months. And then they get and then injured. The next day, and then they're, like, they're oh, injured they're or they're in pain. And then they don't go back, right? Exactly, totally. So right. that's well, why it's also important to work with someone who knows yes, how yes. to meet to your, to your body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I like the phrase that the dose makes the poison, right? Like mm-hmm. anything, even Tylenol, you know, you take one or two, great. It makes you feel a little bit better. If you take the entire bottle, not good, right? Like even mm-hmm. things that are quote unquote good, you know, you eat too much yes. broccoli, you're not going to feel good either. So it's, you have to appreciate that like, yes, working out is good, but an hour of it, maybe not if you haven't done something, you know, for, for a year, whole year. Like if, if you have to really, um, I'm a huge uh, believer or I love um, sort of Buddhist thought. And I listen to a podcast called 10% Happier. And there's um, an interview a couple months ago and this woman was talking about, I think she was a Buddhist priest. Anyway, it doesn't matter. She was talking about this idea in Buddhism of, of wise diligence. And she's just, the idea being that everything matters within um, its dose, but it's like intensity, duration, type. So the equivalent of that in the fitness industry would be the fit principle, which is frequency, intensity, type, and time. And so it's not just, are you exercising or are you not exercising? It's how frequently are you doing it? How intense are you doing it? How long are you doing it for? So I like to marry this idea of the wise, wise diligence with this fit principle of it's like, okay, in the fitness world, you would say only manipulate one variable at a time, right? So if you've increased your intensity of something, don't also increase your duration. Or if you have never, if you haven't gone to the gym for a year, so you increase your frequency, now you are going to the gym, don't also increase the intensity, right? And that connected to this wise diligence of this really knowing yourself enough to know, okay, the duration, like 20 minutes is good, an hour is not, right? And, th- and this is just, it's just, I don't know, so much of health and wellness is being wise. That's why I, I like it. It's stepping back and thinking, like, what, what is of this is ego? Like, what, what do I need versus what do I want? And why do I want it? Do I want to do the hour work because I want to, like, prove to myself that I'm really strong? Or do I want to do it to prove to somebody else? Or do I want to do it so I can post it on social media? Like, what's my motivation? And so step back and be like, okay all that's fine. But like, what do I actually need? Oh, okay. I need a light 20 minute walk. That's going to feel amazing. I need, you know, what like a 12 hour intermittent fast, not a 20 hour. Like, and right. so much of it is just being wise and stepping yes. back and looking. 
And listening to our body, as you're saying, asking ourselves what we need and listening to our body. So if we're in a workout and we're noticing that, you know, there's something that's starting to talk to us, well, maybe it's time to step back, slow down. And you went in thinking I'm ready for an hour long workout and maybe you're not and your body's talking to you, you feel it in your knees and you're like, okay, I don't want to, I'm going to stop. Right. Yeah. Or maybe you think. I went in for an hour long workout and you think, okay, interesting frequency, intensity, type, and time. Maybe the time can be an hour, but instead of doing an hour of intense things, I can do 20 minutes of breathing meditation, or I can do some foam rolling, right? Like, again, this is this idea of you have all these variables that you can play around with and you don't have to think, okay, well, if I can't do an hour of intense running, I should just go home and do nothing. You right. can it up. You could try the elliptical. You could try some yoga. You could try some Pilates. You could do some stretching. Like, I think it's almost like you have to rephrase it from exercise to motion or movement. movement because yeah. I think sometimes when we, when we say, well, I have to exercise, it's like, well, if it's not a 10 out of 10, it's not worth it. It's like, well, that's just wrong. You know? So maybe it's that you need daily movement. And that might be more helpful for people. And some of the movement is more intense and some of the movement is less intense. And some of the movement is focused on breathing. Some of the movement is focused on like core strength. Uh, But it's that idea of manipulating the frequency, the intensity, the type and the time um, and being wise about that manipulation of those variables. And listening, I have have an example of this myself, um, I was traveling in October and I took a red eye flight, right? So not much sleep overnight, two flights, get to the hotel the next day, mid afternoon. And I have some free time, can't explore or don't want to explore because it's torrential rain outside. So I'm like, I'll right. do a workout, right? Haven't done a workout yet today. And so I set it up on my iPad because I have a Lululemon studio. So it travels with me. Oh, every- I love it. That's so cool. Yeah. So I set it up to do a cardio workout. And I'm like two minutes in going, I'm not no, feeling not it. for me. Yeah. I am not feeling this. And then I go, duh, you're operating on about three hours of sleep yes. if that, and not even good quality sleep. Why don't you do yoga instead? Good for you. Oh my God. That's so, wise. That's wisdom. That's amazing. And, but even so, it was interesting to me that I didn't consider that even from the outset. Right. And that I had to actually start working my body and then listen to my body going, can't do this today. Right. And I was kind of going, you should have known that, but whatever, in a few minutes, I switched up and really enjoyed that yoga class. And listen, there's no should because I have been on crazy airplanes and I have gotten off and I've really wanted to move my body and go for a run. And it's just like, I need to shake it off. So I think every moment your body tells you different things. I think the trick is to be able to listen. And I think for me, the hardest part is to listen to what you need versus what you want. And I think it's very easy for the wants and the desires to take over because the needs are often less sexy. Like sometimes you do need a really good cardio workout. And sometimes you do need to sit and watch a movie with your significant other and have that together time. But most of the time, the wants of the like 10 hour Netflix indulgence, you know, it's not actually what you need. And you have to be able to step back and, and sort of say, okay, like what is my future self actually going to be proud of? And where can I find that middle ground? Because I think your example is perfect. Some people might've started, did the two minutes of cardio and be like, no, this isn't right. You know what? I'm just going to get some chips. I'm going to sit and watch television. Like they flip hundred percent the other way. Right. Um, And so much of wisdom and this idea of figuring out the, the middle ground, right. And that like duration and the intensity is to say, okay, 
the cardio is maybe not what I need, but I also don't need six hours of television and junk food. I need some yoga. And that's a tricky thing, right? The, the, the black and the white are sort of easy to see that in between that wisdom of the in between that that's, that's hard. Um, but that's often what makes us feel sort of the most proud. And I try to think when I'm making decisions, I'm like, okay, when my head hits the pillow tonight, what am I going to be proud of? Like I'm the one who has to live with myself for the rest of my life. And I'm the one who has to go to sleep tonight. And so what is going to make me feel like, yep, I gave myself what the self care that I needed appreciating that self care is not all bubble baths and rainbows, right? Like self care can be challenging. Like going for a run can be self care. Doing the yoga when I want to sit and watch Netflix, self care, right? So it's, um, self-care as in a, in a, like a loving, almost like self-parental way of like, mm-hmm. if I was your parent, what would I do for you? Right. Um, and that's hard, right? Cause it's yeah. easy for the, the desires of the moment to take over. Right. So yes, anyway, I'm really, want, really, know. Like, we all want our wants, right. But yeah. how do we balance that? And uh, in my world, I'm always talking 80, 20, right? Because we're all humans, we can't be perfect. So I don't want people to try to be perfect because then when they fail, because it's going to happen, they fall off. And like you said, they go black and white. Now they're at zero, right? And they just yeah, give they up. Boom and they bust and it just right. it feels terrible, right? Like that's the thing is like, we get one precious life. So why would we want to spend it feeling like crap? And yeah. that's aim for perfection. Like, listen, I say this as a recovering perfectionist. So it's, it's, it's perfectionism has a sort of um, a sense of control that can feel very enticing. Uh, but it's not, it's ultimately, it's not possible to be perfect. And so you just set yourself up for a life where you're constantly unhappy. And I don't know, many, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I was just like, no, I can't do this anymore. Like I would work so hard and I'd run a marathon. And instead of being proud of myself, I'd be like, well, you could be 30 seconds faster. You could be this or with the next one. You'll be this. And I just was never happy ever, even though I was, accomplishing so much and so finally I was just like no you got to find a way to appreciate the gains that you've made in life while also working to you know to accomplish and and be present and, and all those things and, and that and that's part of that is just sort of saying like none of us are perfect we're only human um and you're gonna fall you're gonna get up you're gonna learn you're gonna grow and that's that's I don't know one of the problems of privilege of being alive we're not yeah. robots Exactly. And to know that if we set ourselves up for that 80-20 rule, that when we fall off, to just acknowledge, okay, I fell off. Why did I fall off? Did I not listen to what I needed, right, to learn from that? And then, you know, recognize, okay, well, I'm going to hop right back on. Tomorrow's a new day and not spend time continuing to beat ourselves up, but just get started over again. Oh my God. You, I love what you just said. Yes. I tell my clients when you fall, you get back on a more informed rider, but you course correct as quickly as possible. Yes. Um, And you know, that's a great topic for right now because um, I don't know when you're going to be posting this, but it's the new year. And there is this inspirational effect of what's called the fresh start effect. So often a new year or a birthday, psychologists call it the fresh start effect. It's like you get this sort of galvanizing energy of like, okay, this is new. I can do it. Um, now, it often, you know, leaves you, you know, one week into January. Um, but I like to say to my clients, any moment is an opportunity for that fresh start effect, 
right? So if you yes. have a little bit too much sugar at three o'clock in the afternoon, you course correct ASAP and you say, okay, I'm going to go for a walk. This is a fresh start. I'm going to have lots of vegetables and healthy protein at dinner. I'm going to analyze what was upstream of falling off my horse at three? Like, why did I have that sugar? Oh, I didn't get enough sleep last night. Oh, I didn't have a healthy enough lunch. Oh, I didn't drink enough water. Oh, I got mad at my boss and I ate away my feelings. Whatever it is, what was upstream of it? What can I learn? I can course correct right now and I can get that fresh start. I can say, okay, it's not even that tomorrow is a new day. It's like this moment is a mm -hmm. new moment and every yes. moment is an opportunity to fresh start. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's really okay. like, it's that refractory period, right? They're like course correcting faster. So many people, they fall off the horse and they don't course correct until like next January 1st or exactly. their birthday like, or a month. There's or this a week, idea right? we have to wait for January 1st as opposed to every oh. day. Every day could be yeah. January 1st. Yeah. Well, it could be the day you start be. or yeah. every, every moment, moment can be. Yes. Every moment. Every moment is yes. January 1st. Every mm -hmm. moment is your birthday. Like it's the moments are what we make of them, right? Like that's what's cool about being alive is like we have agency. We're human. We're not robots. So we can say, yeah, I made a choice I'm not proud of. Okay, I'm going to learn from it. And guess what? I'm not going to make it worse. I'm not going to add insult to injury. I'm not going to roll around in the mustard bottle. Like I'm literally going to say, yeah, I got a little bit of mustard on my shirt. I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to go for a walk. Um, I love that. You know, like the other image I use with my clients, it's like if you had a car and one of the tires burst or got a flat tire, like you wouldn't be like, oh, well, now let's just take a knife and like put holes in all my other tires. You right. fix the flat. But we yes. do that with health and wellness. It's like, oh, I missed one workout. Well, I might as well miss another one and then another one. Um, or how to the longer you miss, the harder it is to get back on, which is why you say, you know, get back yeah, on every right. moment yeah. and just and just and learn and just realize that <laughs> no one is perfect. Right. It's just some people are better at course correcting faster. Um, that's that's the huge thing. And I see that with all of my clients, like the people who struggle with these booms and busts and like gaining and losing large amounts of weight. It's that they they take longer to course correct. They fall faster, harder, more often. Um, whereas, you know, other clients, including myself, will be like, oh, I'm going to indulge tonight. Okay, great. But then tomorrow morning, I indulge, I'm back on it. Like, one precious life. I love chocolate. I'm going to have some chocolate, but I'm not going to have 10 days of chocolate and I'm not going to have three meals of chocolate. Right. You know? Yes. A hundred percent. Agreed. With I you. used to do that though. I used to have three meals of chocolate. In fact, in fact, I'd have three meals and two snacks, and then right, like, and it was all like the entire day. It was all or nothing. It was all or nothing. Yes. Yes. So you've learned how to move out of that, which is which yeah, is awesome. So and I also see clients that are kind of that boomer bust, and they have a really hard time in that middle ground, and that's where. You know, I now am pulling in some of the other tools that I've trained in using um, NLP, timeline therapy, hypnotherapy to help people move so through cool. those um, scenarios, right? Because they're dealing very often with um, emotional toxicity, mental toxicity that they're yeah. coming up against, right? So we need to release that. If you're enjoying my content and someone that wants to step into being proactive in your health and learning more, I would love to invite you to join my membership community. There's a link in the show notes for only $19.99 a month. You get access to all of my content and there's a lot as well as weekly calls that you can come and get your health questions answered. It's truly priceless. I'd love to see you join the community. Check out the link in the show notes.
But I would love for you to share because you've got some fail safe systems for saving your uh, present day self from your future self. So I'd love you to share those. Yeah. So systems for me are very important because uh, too many of us rely on motivation. So what we think is, okay, well, I'll, when I'm motivated, I exercise. And when I feel good, I'll eat healthy food. And what I say to my clients is actually, you want to set up a life that has nothing to do with motivation. That is, it is actually about the systems that are created so that your habits are healthier. Um, So I'm going to back up and explain sort of what a system is. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's this Greek myth of Odysseus that I love, and it's the perfect example. So all the sailors that went out before Odysseus said, okay, there are all these these beautiful sirens and when they're like women that are enticing. And when these women try to entice me, I'm just going to say, no, I'm not going to be interested in the sail right path. And then always they would get caught and the sirens would get them and their ship would be lost. And Odysseus said, these sirens, I'm going to want to go to these sirens. So I'm going to tie myself up. So when I want to go to them, I can't. And that is the difference between, in my mind, people who are successful with their health and people who are not. People who boom and bust say, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to be motivated. I'm going to have discipline when, you know, I'm just going to say no to the junk food and I'm going to say yes to exercise. And the problem is, is they say that on January 1st or on their birthday when they are feeling pretty motivated. But that motivation, because it's akin to an emotion, it ebbs and flows. And so then when they're not feeling motivated, they give in to missing the workout or the sugar. Um, instead, people who are more disciplined, they it's not that they're motivated all the time, but they have created a life that kind of carries them along. They've created these systems that constrain their future self. So if you are, you know you're somebody who likes to skip workouts, you get a fitness buddy or you get a personal trainer. If you're somebody who you know that if you come home from work and you don't have a like an easy, fast, convenient, healthy thing available that you're just going to take get takeout, then maybe you get a food delivery service. Um, if you know that you're more motivated when your entire family is involved, you set up a family challenge where it's like whoever gets the most steps gets to pick family movie night. So part of it is knowing you and knowing the ways that you like to fall off you know, you're more likely to fall off your wagon and, and things that are motivating and setting that up, set up a challenge at work. Um, if you're somebody who's, you know, you don't like going to the gym. Okay. So create a home gym, or I have so many clients who like to use like the Nintendo switch games and they do activity with that. Or if you like to dance, play music, like, so it's about knowing yourself and it's about knowing that you're not always going to be motivated. Like I'm not always motivated and I love my job and I love health and wellness. And that doesn't mean that I wake up every day thinking like, yes, I get to exercise. But it does mean that I've created a life where it's easier to just take the path of eating better and exercise because I have those systems. Um, so systems are the thing that you do that help you create the habits. And then once you have the habits, the habits are, are habitual. Does that make sense? So I think so often you get sort of confused with the difference between the between what a system is and what a habit is. So habit is the action that you do, and the more often you do it, the more habitual it becomes, and the more second nature it becomes. But in order to create those habits, you need that influx of a sort of attention and energy at the beginning, which is the creation of these systems. So having a fitness buddy is the system that allows you the habit of doing the exercise. Um, having a food delivery service is the system that you create that allows you the habit of eating vegetables every night for dinner. 
um, having an alarm set that goes off once an hour to remind you to drink your water is the system that makes sure that you've drank enough water throughout the day. So those are, they, they, um, the systems help you create the habits because if you have habits of your entire life of, you know, drinking pop over water or not getting enough sleep or not exercising, those are very, strong and deep grooves in your neurological um, record player, right? So in order to create new habits, new grooves in the record player, it needs to happen over and over and over again. So it takes a while before the habit is actually easy. At the beginning, it's quite challenging because it's a different thing that you're trying to make your body do. So the systems help make that um, action habitual. So I don't know if that that helps at all, but I'm a big believer. It absolutely makes sense. And another system that I set up with my clients, and I believe James Clear talks about it in Atomic Habits, is habit stacking. So you were talking about yes. brushing your teeth earlier, right? And everyone yes. brushes their teeth. So I have clients that maybe they're on a health protocol and they're taking certain supplements, but they're not used to taking supplements at bedtime, right? So they have to create the habit. And initially they're like, I keep forgetting. And so I'm like, put the supplements right by your toothbrush because you're already going to brush your teeth before you go to bed. Then you're going to see the supplements and you're going to take them, right? So you can build on existing habits as you create new habits too. But everything you said makes a hundred percent sense. That's a a perfect example. Yeah. The habit stacking. There's also something called uh, piggybacking that he talks about. So the idea would be like, take something you already do and sort of, um, so piggybacking and stacking are sort of similar. Sorry. And then the different one would be marrying. So like if you already do, you go watch your kids play soccer, then what you could do is while you watch them play soccer, you could do like, like lunges and jumping jacks. So you're marrying those two together. Or if you already walk your dog, instead of walking and like sauntering, then you could turn it into interval training. So there's that option as well, that it's like something you already do that becomes slightly more of the habit that you want to create. Yeah. And I love that because a lot of times people's excuse, because that's really what it is for not exercising or not focusing on their health is they don't have time. But when we look at those examples, we can find time aside from, aside from, you know, stopping hours and hours upon of watching Netflix, et cetera, et cetera. There are things that you can marry together so you can have the time to exercise while doing something else. So, oh my God, so true. My, um, it's just a circle back to my mother again because she deserves that. She used to always say when I was a kid, we had this thing where I would be whining because kids do, and she would go, Kathleen, don't. And I would have to say whine. And then she would say, there is always a, and I'd say, solution. And then she'd say, and if you can't find one, you, and then I would say, create one. And so I use that with my clients all the time. Like instead of finding an excuse for every solution, you have to find a solution for every excuse. And they could be completely out of the box, right? Like it can be, it can be lunges on the side of the, while your kids play soccer. Like you don't have to go to the gym. You can do that. You can do, you know, push-ups while you're watching Netflix with your kids. Or if you're down on the ground, like playing blocks or something with your kids, be doing some yoga stretches while you're doing it. Like it can be completely your unique recipe, but there's always a way to find a solution. And if you can't find it, you have to create it for, for you, like knowing yes. you. I love that. Uh, so I, 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 I love that. I say that to myself so often, right? Yes. I love the importance of self-talk, right? And that's one of my biggest, like whenever I'm starting to complain to myself and why, and I can feel myself going into that why me mode of like, Kathleen, no whining. There is always a solution. <laughs> I love that. To, to find it. 
Your mom's amazing. And you're right. She deserves the, the recognition. So, yeah. So I just have one last quick question for you before we start to okay. wrap up. That, that is just, you know, learning to embrace the bad days and how that makes your good days even better. Let's talk about that so that people, you know, are aware there are bad days, but how we use them to make the good days even better. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of growth mindset, the Carol Dweck idea. I love her love that book. Yes. Yeah. So um, I just really believe in experiences being there to help us learn. Um, and so if you do fall off, actually, no, not if you do fall off your horse, when you fall off your horse, you right. have to learn from it. And, you know, a lot of the times people were like, they'll do a workout and they won't like the workout and they'll be like, oh, well, that was a waste of time. I'm like, no, that was data. So the bad, quote unquote, bad days could be little small bad days. Like you go and you do a workout that you think is a waste of time because you hated it. And it's like, well, no, now, you know, you don't like it. Or it could be a bad day of, you know, like I've had a couple injuries in my life that were really, they were legitimately bad days, but I have also spent a lot of time rehabbing, uh, going to physio, learning about my body. So I think the thing is, is that, you have to appreciate that the bad will happen. And what you have control over is how bad, right? Is it like, okay, I got a little injury. I listened to myself. I rehabbed it. I got stronger. Or is it that it was a little injury that turned into a massive injury, right? So this this idea of scale again, like, so yes, bad days will happen, but we have, we can work on making the bad days less frequent and less intense and less detrimental we can really try to learn from it all and we can work on not compounding the problem because so many of us, we do that little mustard, pouring the mustard over, right? And then we make it worse. So then it's really hard to disentangle what was the original problem and what is the stuff that we compounded on top. Um, so I think when you can just really appreciate that everybody has bad days. Kathleen of 20 years ago had bad days and Kathleen of now have bad days. But the scale of it is different because over the last 20 years, I've really worked on learning from all my experiences and slowly, um, you know, what I consider bad changes. So it's almost like there's a paradigm shift, right? So, you know, when I was 15 and spent weeks depressed in bed, um, a good exercise week was if I got out of bed and walked for like 10 minutes, you know, like around my neighborhood and like maybe hung out with my friends. Um, and now like a good exercise week is like, you know, I run four times. I maybe Peloton once I did a couple strength training workouts. So it's like the good changes as you get stronger and there's always going to be bad, but hopefully the bad softens slightly becomes less frequent and you can course correct from it faster. Um, and you can really not, I mean, the biggest thing is like, just don't compound the problem, like take a pause and be like, yes, this thing happened. Hopefully, you know, it wasn't something that you did to yourself, but even if it was okay, fine, don't make it worse. But a lot of the times these bad things are things that we don't, it's like, we don't have control over it, but we then have control over our actions and how we respond to that. Right. And that's what so, I was just going to say is it's the control over how you respond to it. And, yeah. and tying back into Carol Dweck's book, I love what you're saying about learning from it. Right. And we can be in that mindset of, you know, well, everything happens to us for us. Right. Yeah. To us or for us. For and us. With, yeah. with that learning mindset, it's for us. And then for it's yeah. what can I learn from this from to yeah. us puts us in the victim mindset. Where totally. Yeah. 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 Etc. Yeah. 
And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because I like, and this is, this is an interesting, they often say that on Peloton, you know, this idea of like, it happens for us, not to us. I don't know if I would even go that far that I'm saying that there's a destiny that it's like, it happened for us. I'm not saying that it happened for me, I, but I am saying it doesn't matter if it happens to me or for me. Either way, the only thing that I have control over is how I react. So almost for me, it's less important if it's happening to me or for me or the reason why it's happening. I actually don't, and I don't care. Like, and if that matters to people listening, that's great. And then if it's helpful for people listening to think that it's happening for them, that's great. I, I don't find that that's helpful because that's still, if it's happening for me, it's still like a destiny thing. For me, all that matters is the outside world is completely out of my control. So if it's to me or for me or whatever, it doesn't matter. I, what matters is I say, I can respond, not react. And that to me gives me agency and is why it is very powerful. Um, And in the end, I don't like, I guess what I would say to everybody listening is think of things in ways that serve you. So if it's helpful to think of it as something that is for you, great. If it's helpful to think of it, that it doesn't matter why it happened, but it did happen and you have to respond. Great. All that matters is that you are then taking an, the action that serves you. So however you want to frame it in your brain, great, as long as it, it creates an action that serves you. So if how you're framing it is creating an action that is causing you to eat 17 cookies and watch Netflix, then you got to change how you're framing it because that action is not serving you. So in the end, what matters is the action that you take. And if you can find a way to frame the experience so you take a positive action, awesome. I love it. And when I was going through my personal growth journey and I read Carol Dweck's book, I really liked that it's happening for us because it did lift me into that state of taking positive action. Yeah. And that just and yes, got me out of that victim state, right? So, you know, it, as you say, it really matters is the action that you're taking. And then however it works in your mind to get you to that exactly. place where you yeah. take the positive action doesn't exactly. matter. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I thought it was worth some highlighting that because I love that we're both health professionals and the framing in the in our brains are slightly different very similar but slightly different but it doesn't matter because we're both taking the action that serves us and that is what matters so i never want people to be listening to these podcasts and think oh i have to think like kathleen i have to frame things in the exact way that kathleen does because if it often the way i frame things is not going to be helpful to people listening so all i want people to get from it is like work to find a way that works for you, like find your fit, both physically your fit, but also your sort of mindset health fit. That's what matters. I love that. Awesome. Well, we could talk for hours. I know. And I know we totally by, but I want to ask you, what does don't wait for your wake up call mean to you? Oh, I think it means a lot, but I think it means appreciating where you want to be in 5, 10, 15, 20 years and start acting to create that future you now because the only moment you have control over is now. And I think that often we put off for tomorrow what can be done today and then we just end up having a bunch of tomorrows. Um, And then that wake-up call happens and you just sort of feel like, crap, like I am billions of dollars in health debt. And now it's all harder even to get out of this wake up call, you know? So I don't know. I guess what I would say is this, the, maybe the best time to have planted a tree is 20 years ago, but the second best time is now. And the least good time is in 20 years when, when that wake up call happens. Right. So 
Um, that's a, a Buddhist proverb that I love that idea of the, like, just, it's so easy to get caught up in like, yeah, I should have done it 20 years ago, or I will do it in 20 years. Or I'll do it when it's needed. And instead of just saying like, let's plant my tree today. Like this is the moment that I have control over. Uh, and this is, this moment is the only moment we ever have control over. I love that. And if people want to reach out and connect with you, how do they do that? And I think you have a gift for the audience. I do. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so my website is kathleentrotter.com and I'm fit by Kathleen T on all the socials. And I have two books, Finding Your Fit and Your Fittest Future Self. And and the first two people to comment on social about anything that we've said or just that they're excited to be listening to the podcast or whatever, um, I will mail a copy of my book. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That's awesome. And I look forward to seeing who who wins those two books. And any last uh, tips for the audience that you would like to share? I just think find your fit. Like, honestly, get out of this comparison mode because, you know, comparison is a thief of joy. It's honestly stop shitting all over yourself. Stop thinking about what your mother, your father, your best friend does and figure out what works for you. Um, and then stop trying to be perfect and just do something because you do not have to be great to start, but you do have to start to get great. So meet yourself where you are and do something today. I love it. Thank you so much, Kathleen, for being a guest on the show. I've loved everything that you've shared. And I know that the audience will have got a lot out of it. And thank you to all of the listeners. And if you know someone who is struggling and can benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it with them as well. Until next time. Thank you for investing this time with me on the Don't Wait for Your Wake Up Call podcast. I'm so glad you joined in. If you can take two minutes to share this episode with someone you think can benefit and have a positive impact on their life, that would be wonderful. Please leave a review by going to your favorite podcast listening app and let me know what you enjoy or would like to hear more of. It will support me in my effort to bring the possibility of natural healing to a wider audience and help disrupt the sick care system we have today and make human health a global priority. Health is your true wealth.